Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Bridge on FM 96.9 The Game. Powered by Advent Health. Advent Health. They are the proud partners of the Orlando Magic, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Check them out at adventhelp.com. What's our musical theme today and why? So, so Mike, today is 314, a.k.a. the number for pi, P-I in mathematics. So I figured we'd do songs about, you know, dessert themes. Why would we do things about desserts when it's pi, P-I, and not P-I-E? Or why wouldn't we do songs about mathematics or songs about school? Yeah, Mike, because there's a lot of songs out there about mathematics in school. In school, the hot the teacher you could play. This is one of those hair bands, uh, Cherry Pie. Is this um, White Snake? No. When police are trying to arrest someone, they'll issue a blank for it. A blank. I've got a blank for your arrest. A document. Uh, a subpoena, uh, subpoena uh, uh, a warrant, search there warrant. Go. There you go. Warrant. If you would have said you issue a search, what? That would have been better. But you didn't do that. Well, I also didn't think it was White Snake either. So. <laughs> I don't want to criticize you or Kelly Velez for the, you know, the the clues you give and the pie day, P.I. By the way, this was the classic <laughs> MTV video in the 80s and 90s. Just get hair bands and hot chicks wearing basically nothing. Put a little, uh, you know, souped up cars, everybody sweating and get this thing done in 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm... I'm Googling songs about mathematics. There you go. That will not be today's Double Shot Tuesday theme. I'll tell you that, Mark. Yeah, I've never heard of any of these. Yeah. Uh, maybe you did the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have something, I, uh, an annoyance that I want to get off my chest, but I, I don't want to do that right now. I want to ask you, because I'm getting ready to interview Stan Van Gundy after the bridge today. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I'm writing a column on Stan in his broadcasting. He's going to broadcast the games in the NCAA tournament. In your opinion, why has Stan become such a hot broadcasting entity? Um, I think Stan doesn't get too uh, basketball wordy. Uh, he can, but I think he does a very good job of breaking things down in a simplistic form. And I do think Stan comes across on TV even though announcers are not on screen much, I do think he comes across as a regular guy you can like. Um, 
And you can get away with that more in the color analyst than the typical, you got to look a certain way to be the play-by-play person. But I do think, and I think Stan would admit, his brother helped open the door for him, and then Stan's done a very good job of earning the success that he's had on the broadcast side. But I think he does explain the game on a much more common level. Um, He'll throw in some basketball terms that the average person doesn't understand, but I think he relates well and, you know, sounds like a fun person on air. Why has he moved up? He sort of moved up the ladder kind of quickly, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think, and, and partly it's because I think he does a good job, probably flexibility with a, a schedule and a willingness to, you know, do a lot of games and travel. Some guys don't need to do it, not that Stan needs to work another day in his life, um, but I think he has a passion for it. And I do think that Stan, <clears throat> like his brother did, um, I think you begin to realize, wait a minute, <clears throat> I can get paid pretty well here and never get fired. And as much as they're basketball lifers and the grind of that to coach and the desire to win a championship, I think that Stan now realizes he can make a pretty good living and uh, no one's going to criticize you after the game. Yeah. And I think he likes yeah. that. Yeah. He, he hasn't done much. Did he do any college basketball this year? Oh, I don't think Stan did any college basketball this year, but that's where Stan started. I did, uh, did a few games yeah. for NBC Sports <clears throat> Network a few years ago and... Um, I, I don't believe he's done a college game this year. Yeah. So, anyway, um, quick question uh, uh, about the uh, NCAA basketball tournament here in Orlando. We're going to have Buddy Dyer on. What, what is it tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. Or, yeah, we're going to have Buddy Dyer on the bridge tomorrow. But I wanted to ask you, uh, just, you know, well, we played the clip from Jay Billis. I'm reading things all the time about, you know, the 12-5 upsets and, and all of this stuff. Um, why is Drake the popular 12-5 upset over Miami? Is it just because of the injury? I think it's a big factor. Um, Omar Nurchad is an injury that is significant if he can't play. And uh, I also think that some people still nationally do not accept Miami as a top brand in college basketball. Um if he doesn't play, I do think it's a little bit more of a challenge for Miami. I do think there's a little bit of the jump on the bandwagon hype of Drake here. Um, I think there's some other 12s that might be. For example, a lot of people like Oral Roberts over Duke because there's a couple of guys that are part of that Oral Roberts team that made a run before. Charleston won 30 games. They're playing here against San Diego uh, State. Um, I think that's a little appealing to some people. Um I don't know about VCU St. Mary's, but, you know, I think people fall in love with, with certain teams. And I'm not saying Jay Billis doesn't know them. Any guy at your workplace that tells you Drake over uh, Miami has no idea who plays for Drake. Okay? It, 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 <laughs> or it's Miami. Just, right. It's just him acting like, yeah, I, I love Drake. What do you like about it? Well, you know, I mean, they got guys that can score. Oh, they're the team that has guys that can score. Oh, okay. Yeah. So half the so field you doesn't say, have guys that can score. What? Are you saying the blue bloods of college basketball look down their noses at Miami because of Miami's, you know, reputation as maybe a football school? And you, you heard Jim Bayheim a couple of weeks ago when he was accusing, yes. you know, yeah, AC uh, accusing Miami of buying a team. So, so yeah. that's how the blue blue bloods who've been buying teams for years look at Miami. Right. It was okay when we did it to win. It's not okay if you do it to win. Yeah. 
No, I I, I believe that. You Listen, I don't he, think Jim Beheim was alone in his opinion. I think other people are like, well, Miami just you know bought their way into the top twenty, and uh, okay, well, you can do the same thing too if you want. They didn't do anything wrong. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Billy Donovan took over at the University of Florida years and years ago, and he got Mike Miller. Uh, to sign with the Gators, and I think it was Roy Williams at the time who was at, I think he was at Kansas then, and Roy Williams like accused Billy Donovan of of unethical recruiting and getting Mike Miller like 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 Kansas and Roy Williams they never did anything unethical did they Daniels. <laughs> Never forget Rick Pitino called three guys in the media to tell him about Michael Chandler being recruited by UCF, and he was only pissed off because Chandler agreed to talk to UCF and not him one day. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, some guys act that way. And, uh, again, Jim Laranaga was almost fired a couple years ago, and they've done nothing wrong within the name, image, and likeness world that we live in. And to his credit, he's got a veteran basketball team that scores really well. That's not me making terms up. I've seen Miami play several times. Uh, Isaiah Wong is really good. Nigel Pack is very dangerous. And um, if their big guy can play, then, then, then Miami's a tough team. They're definitely a second weekend team. But if he's not playing, it, it does impact them uh, for what their style is. I'm not quite sure I'm on the Drake bandwagon, though. Okay. All right, right around the corner, NFL free agency has hijacked the sports world. I'll get into that next with Mark Daniels on the bridge. The Bridge is brought to you by Advent Health. With the support of world-class expertise in whole person care, it's time to feel whole with Advent Health. To learn more, visit adventhealth.com. Daniels, uh, before I get into my rant here, uh, we had a text question this morning that got quite a bit of, uh, it was quite popular on our text line. And it was based on Dick Fosbury passing away yesterday at the age of 76, the guy who invented the Fosbury flop in high jumping, which revolutionized the sport of Olympic high jumping. Um, And the question is, athletes who revolutionized their sport. A couple of guys you're familiar with that we're all familiar with, but one of them, somebody texted in, I don't necessarily agree with, um, Lawrence Taylor. New York Giants, um, you know, quarterback killer extraordinaire. I, I'm curious, did he, and one of our caveats was you couldn't just have dominated your sport. You had to have revolutionized it in some way by rule changes or the way the game is actually played. Did Lawrence Taylor revolutionize football? Uh, I don't know about revolutionized football. I think he uh, revolutionized a position. Taylor uh, kind of made the linebacker, that extra pass rusher that was not typical. Not that guys didn't do that before. I'm not saying there was never a linebacker that moved outside that became a kind of a quasi-defensive end, but Taylor did do that at such a level that more teams then began to look at drafting fast linebackers that could play multiple type positions, meaning if I need him at linebacker, could I move it on the end? And Taylor did kind of open the door for teams to reevaluate how they viewed that outside linebacker and how to move him around. To say that he changed football, I mean, he changed football, but he changed, I think, that position. What about Michael Jordan? 
I believe Michael Jordan absolutely um, was a pioneer in not just in what. Well, and I understand the argument you may have had about is it play on the court. I think Michael Jordan teached NBA players how to become real superstars. You got to remember, you know, the NBA's in trouble. Here comes Magic and Larry, and they, in some ways, I wouldn't say save the NBA, but brought the NBA from a bad image to an image to look forward to. Michael Jordan, I think, then took the superstar game to another level that he was the sport in the sense that when he played, eyes were on him. People were rooting for Michael Jordan that didn't necessarily root for the Bulls. And I think he taught players that you can be a superstar not just because you're a good basketball player, but how to take your brand to a different level, even though, like you said, guys like Arnold Palmer did that and others. But I think Michael was incredibly unique. While Arnie certainly, I think, paved the way in endorsements, Michael Jordan impacted playgrounds across the country. Kids wanted to be like Mike, not just because of a drink, but kids tried to emulate him in everything that he did, and I'm not quite sure that Magic and Larry Bird did that like Jordan did. All right, and last one, Tiger Woods. Absolutely. I, I you know, He, he, he revolutionized he, golf, how? The business of golf. On the course. Oh, 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 I think Kelly brought this up. I think a lot of the explosion of people playing golf happened at many levels because of Tiger Woods. Older people picked up the game and younger kids wanted to be like Tiger Woods. And I'm not quite sure that exists a level today, but I do think he brought the game to people that never would have thought about playing golf. I guess I'm not talking about like... (laughs) I guess I was talking about like on the and course. That's where I understand not, the not, argument. Not, not, I, not like popularizing the. Sport. I understand that. I just was thinking on a different level beyond just the athlete on the course. If you want to say on the course, I, I, I'm not quite sure to argue with it because dominant players sometimes don't necessarily change the sport. But I think he changed the business of golf. All right, let's say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee at FM 96.5 The Spear. We will catch you bright and early, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Let's pause for station identification. All right, here's my rant. So, so I'm, you know, you know, I'm addicted to all of these debate shows that we always make fun of, but mm-hmm. I watch them. Yeah. All right, yeah. I, I listen to, you know, when I'm in the car, I listen to sports talk radio. Uh, I listen to the national shows, and so I'm in the car yesterday about I don't know one two o'clock, and Colin Coward's on our station talking sports, and. I don't even know if he talked about the NCAA tournament pairings at all yesterday. For the Not for the thirty sure to name five players in college. Okay, basketball. but for the thirty or forty five minutes I was in the car, all Colin Coward talked about was NFL free agency and specifically Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders and you know what this does for the Raiders and the you know. Uh, you know, great signing and Jimmy G, and then he's and then he goes into you know Sam Darnold to the Ford, and it all it would he would not shut up specifically about Jimmy G. I got so frustrated, Daniels. I turned the station. I turned the station. Mm-hmm. I listened to music. I was listening to music because I didn't want to hear Colin Coward talk 
about Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders? Why is it that national broadcasters like Colin Coward and many others, because why do they have to? I understand that they have to talk about national sports, right? They're not going to talk about UCF and the Gators and the Magic like we do, all right? They're going to talk about national sports. But why do they have to talk about irrelevant teams in national sports like the Raiders and, you know, I hate to say it, but your New York Giants and Daniel Jones and the Lakers who are crappy. Why do we have to talk about the crappy national teams? Why can't we talk about what are the Chiefs doing in free agency? What are the good teams doing in free agency? Why do we have to talk about the crappy national brands like the Lakers and the Raiders? I'm more curious what music you turn to. (laughs) Classic rock. All right. Classic vinyl. Um. There's a theory that applies, whether it be in sports talk radio or in top 40 music or most music stations, you play the hits. And um, Jimmy G's the hits? I'm I'm just trying to explain how the sausage is made on Colin's show. Okay? Okay. Uh, You tend to stick with things you're comfortable with and avoid the things that you're not comfortable with or don't know. And Colin knows that the hits on his show is the National Football League. That that will play to most of his audience in some form versus some things that he may not feel as strong in that he worries, well, what do you want me to talk about? It's not my wheelhouse, so I'm not going to go down that path. Um, And his feeling is I'll stick to the hits because I don't want you turning off if I don't play the hits. So that's why he tends to do that. And and I, I'll say this about Colin. I, I, I will agree that sometimes you're like, okay, I love the NFL too, but man. I do too. Right. But he'll tell you that their research says when in doubt, it's the NFL, whether it is April, March, July, or May, it's still the National Football League. And he feels most comfortable doing NFL stuff. Because your point is, hey, you know, maybe I don't know a lot about these teams in the tournament, but Fox carries the Big East. They've got some personalities on. Why not bring a few people on? And maybe Colin will before the end of the week. My guess is he won't. And the answer is he's just not comfortable going off the hits. And that's why, you know, he'll tell you why Jimmy G to the Raiders is so important, where you're like, the hell do I care? You know? And... Um, you know, we'll analyze Brett Favre for the 50th time or, or you know, Aaron Rodgers or, or, or I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And um, it's just he's comfortable playing the hits. And, I, you know, I, I'll be honest, for him, it works. Collins built his reputation on the NFL. And, uh, you know. In this market, it works. Colin gets very good ratings here, and I love the I love the NFL too. It's just that sometimes, and it, it's not just Colin Coward. I'm at the ESPN debate shows yesterday, man. It's you know, when's Aaron Rodgers going to make his decision? The world awaits. The decision looms. See, I would argue. What are the, what are the Jets uh, right. again? The Jets, right. another I, somewhat irrelevant franchise. Because they're going to tell you that it, that that. They're most comfortable in the NFL wheelhouse, and that and that that the majority of their audience loves the NFL. So if you keep doing it, I might argue that how about trying to be creative and come up with angles of stories that are appealing to people that might make them think and form their own opinion, 
as opposed to here's Mike Tenenbaum on explain the Eagle secondary. And you're like, oh, okay, uh, I guess. And, and and but that's that's the path that they'll choose to go. It also shows you the power of the National Football League. That uh, and Mike, stop and think about this. Um, the NF, uh, uh, the NBA, to some degree, even quietly acknowledges they're going to take a back seat the next few weeks to college basketball. Even though there's some big NBA stories and playoff pushes going on and things like that, Major League Baseball season starts in two weeks. And the National Football League can illegally roll out free agency. Illegally because the new calendar year doesn't start till tomorrow. Okay, All these deals that have been announced don't take place till tomorrow. And yet they will suck the air out of everybody. They will just suck the air. And most of these signings are with players that most people don't know. I mean, yes. I have no idea about you know defensive players that are leaving the Eagles or the Chiefs and, and so forth. You just hear $72 million and 55 guaranteed, and you're like, I don't know that guy. But it's football news, and that is the success of the National Football League, that they are able to suck the air out of everybody else. Oh, yeah. I mean, yesterday, uh, Colin also, he was, he was going on on the Broncos, you know, and then, you know, who was that, that tackle they signed? Mike McGlinchey? Is that his name? Yeah, which he didn't know about until he got to the office and somebody told him. <laughs> yeah, but he was, he was breaking it down, baby. Right. He but, was breaking but, it down. But that's, that's his soft spot, and he's comfortable with that. And, again, I'm not criticizing Colin. We all tend to do that. We all feel better about certain things that we know about and a little bit hesitant. I like to think I, I'm fairly open-minded, and I don't mind talking about topics that are not front-page stuff to make people think and find stories that can be entertaining and creative and um, bring out those stories. And, and I feel like you do your show a certain way. I feel like, look, you're going to get a national perspective from Colin. He's coming on at 12 o'clock. He does a great show. We may do something different in our show because I, I think it can be entertaining. Sometimes I hit it. Sometimes I miss and. You know, that's okay, and to each its own. But on the debate shows, it is about playing the hits. It is about the same topics over and over and over and over and over. The greatest example in recent years we had was we spent two years on people claiming to know what the market was of Dak Prescott, which Scott knows would drive me crazy. Someone's like, no, he's not 35, he's 32 million worth. Like, how the hell do you know? Well, you know, if somebody's worth 32 instead of 35, what, what is it to you? Like, how do you know what the market is for quarterbacks? Like, oh, I wouldn't pay him 35, maybe 32, but not 35. Like, oh, okay. You know, like, uh, <laughs> but but we spent two years debating that. At least with Daniel Jones, that was like three weeks, and we got done with that. Um, right. But with Dak, that was two years of that. It was the same yes. story every single day. I agree. I think I think these national shows though need to be a little more uh, innovative in their topics. Just a little, you know, like like. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I think I I introduced or educated our listeners this morning on the great Dick Fosbury mm-hmm. and the Fosbury flop. All right, and got a good topic out of it about you know athletes who have revolutionized their sport. Why can't they do more of that, Daniels? Because there's, uh, depending on the network, there's enough research that'll tell you that that's not the direction to go. From Nobody a na- gives a damn about Dick no, no, no. Fosbury. But, but from a national <laughs> perspective, like I would counter by saying the research on a national show 
would dictate that. What I would say to you in the market that we're in, there's nothing wrong in doing what you did. You're trying to entertain an audience and engage people, which you did while mixing in, covering other stories. You know, it's like, why do we do Double Shot Tuesday on Tuesday? Because it's fun, okay? It doesn't mean we can't do a sports show that has serious topics and fun topics and um, things like that. But, you know, the thing that... The thing that what about I've, this hard hitting, What about this hard hitting topic we tackled this morning? You know, should chicken wing restaurants be able to advertise boneless wings when they're not really wings? I think just... it's a fascinating story. <laughs> but 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 that's uh, <laughs> laugh all you want. That'll get an office discussion for half hours, opposed to some guy coming out going, "Did you see the Chiefs just signed a, a, on the defensive front?" You know, uh, more people will engage in the wing conversation. It doesn't mean that both can't be entertaining. Somebody in Kansas City will find one more entertaining than the other. But the thing that I've come to accept uh, among many things of our industry, which has a lot of good in it but also has, you know, some trash in it, is those shows, to me, more than 50% of the topics are not even the story of the athletes. Like we brought up... Kendrick Perkins became a two-week talking point because of an opinion he gave on MVP voting. It wasn't like LeBron James said what Kendrick Perkins said, and, and they're like, wow, a player of that stature made a comment like that. It was it was somebody on a TV show that is there to get hot takes, and then that became a debate. And by the way, I guess a credit to Kendrick Davis from podcasts to other debate shows, and we're talking about that, and it's like, he just gave an opinion on a topic, and it probably was one that he was pushed to, to, to go down that path, and that became the talking point. It wasn't NBA players that were ripping Jokic. It wasn't anything like it. It, it, it was a guy in a, uh, on a talking head show, and then that became the debate. And Stan Van, so, well, but back to Stan Van Gundy. He said something. This was several years ago when he used to come on our radio show every week. He said, "You guys, you guys." And he wasn't just—he wasn't talking about my show in particular, but you could have probably thrown me in there. But he goes, sports media shows spend more time talking about transactions and opinions and rumors than they do the actual games themselves. He's right, but 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 that also happened when the 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 the, the sports radio world used to be six o'clock to seven o'clock at night. And it was, you know, on the news station, and then here came the sports guy, and then he would do an hour, two hours, and take calls, and they talk more about the game with the teams in those towns. And then as formats developed to become 24 hours, it's just so much you're going to break down of teams. And I, I would say to Stan, it, it depends on the market that you're in. If you're in one of the major cities that is three, four pro teams, there's still a lot more reaction to the game the day or night before versus towns that might have one or two teams where there's a little bit different type of approach, but that's just because there's more time uh, to fill. Or in our case, when your your professional sports team, the Magic, haven't been very good for a decade and been miserable for a decade, you have to come up with other topics, right? Right, and I would say to Stan, I mean, it's in a loving way, did he listen every morning after the Pistons lost during his run in Detroit? Because I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> wasn't happy. Right. You know, with that, it's and it, look, every industry changes and and evolves. There's some good, there's some bad. Uh, look, if I'm going to criticize cable news like I do, I, I I need to fairly criticize sports radio, and I'm part of it. And sometimes, I guess, I'm part of the problem. I like to think sometimes I'm an outlier and I try to be more creative. 
Uh, but I think different shows have different agendas. And to bring it back to where you started, Colin has made it no secret. His his sauce is the National Football League, no matter what month it is. And he'll tell you the data backs up that the more he talks about that, the better it is for a show. He's not going to break down 12-5 matchups. And I guess I'd give him a credit. He, he, he doesn't know. And look, people can criticize the way I do a show, and, and there's always room for criticism. Uh, the thing that I'll say about Colin is um, he's learned how to BS briefly through things, and then when he slips up and goes down areas he doesn't know, he realizes, i got to get out of this, which means mm. when you want to ask him about the NBA or college basketball, and and again, I think Colin does a great job. He gets great ratings on, on, on our station. His depth in college football is minimal at best. I mean, it really is. I mean, outside of going, well, you know, Alabama is good. Okay. If I took Bryce Young away, could you name two other guys without someone in your ear telling you who it was? The answer is no. But he'll tell you his sweet spot at the National Football League. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll come back and do something fun next on The Bridge. Double shot Tuesday today, Mike. Wait a minute, let me guess. Uh-huh. I don't even know what this song is. It's Air Supply. Uh, Wussification of America songs? Well, I'll kind of leave that to you, but... Uh... Today on Double Shot Tuesday, Mike, these are bands and artists you're likely going to see performing at a theme park. <laughs> I well, like it. When you reach that level of your career that, you know, you're asked to perform at wine and cheese festivals or flower festivals or something, and you know, oh, so-and-so, they're at the theme park. That's a sign where the career's at. Do fairs also count in this? Fairs, <laughs> strawberry festivals, and things uh, like that, yeah. I saw, uh, I saw the Marshall Tucker band once they, you know, you know, once they went downhill, I saw them at the Alachua County Fair one time. There How many go. original members? Mm, a couple. The The lead singer, Doug Gray, was still in the band, although he didn't sing full-time. But yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's the theme for Double Shot Tuesday. Artists uh, or, or, or uh, bands that you're seeing now perform at your favorite theme parks. 50857 on the... Uh, text line can i ask you uh well one story you may not well, know for, about yeah i'm sorry well first kravitz taking a shot at me on twitter here about um, uh, classic sports talk radio approach from my guy bianchi uh, bianchi this morning rather than just talking about the ncaa tournament i'm going to rip colin coward for not talking about the ncaa tournament mm-hmm. okay all right, says the guy who's going to be breaking down the betting lines of the Israel-Dominican Republic game in the World Baseball Classic. I think the over-under is nine and a half. But, uh... <laughs> Scott, I'm staying out of this fight. seems like something's brewing, and I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, okay? it's, it's probably a good call for I'm us. He's a nice guy. I don't want to pick on anybody. We're just going to talk about bands at, uh, at theme yeah. parks. Right. Yeah, Christopher Cross next on. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Uh I have a question. Mm-hmm. The the our guardians are zero and four, right? <laughs> yes. The league owns the teams, right? Yes. And the league owner makes, lives in Orlando, right? Right. right. And I, I'm not calling for anybody's head, but 
if you do get to a point, who makes the coaching change? The league. So the league owns all the teams, and they get to decide when to hire and fire a coach. Well, I guess they, uh, uh, eventually, yeah. I'm, I mean, there's no I'm, owner, so it's not like the owner can say, hey, I've had enough after five or six games. I mean, does somebody in the league have that job of going, hey, I don't think this is working? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just kind of curious when the I've league owns the, teams. I've talked to the guy. Russ Brandon is their president of, of football operations. He's the guy who... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.